you, Lord. He's a good God. You know, while we were singing that song, our, uh, our camp, if you will, is known for believing that God's good. Not only saying it, but believing it. Amen? Not, not just saying God's good, but actually in our heart, not questioning other things, but just saying God's good. Amen? You know, because so many times we get a question from outside that says, well, what about this? Well, why, what are you questioning? You're questioning the goodness of God. You're, you're, right? I mean, if you're, looking, if you're looking to find somewhere in the Bible where God's bad, you're going to have to make it up. <laughs> right? Well, what about when he did this? You're going to have to make it up because the Bible itself says God's good. Yes. Amen? So if there's some point he's not, then the Bible contradicts itself and the world would have already exploded because it's upheld by the power of his word, the word of his power. Amen? So let's continue in that because there are things in the church that are good. They're good. You know, it's good that we talk about the Lord helping us. It's good that we talk about He's good. It's good that we talk about He heals and He delivers and He's no respecter of persons. And by faith in God, we can say into the mountain, and these are good things. And we want to have them in our heart. We want to hold them. And we want to put them back out through love. Amen? We want to speak that truth in love so that others can hear it. And, and in the body is where that starts. Speaking that truth to each other. Look at Philipp, uh, Philemon uh, 6, uh, verse 6 and 7. In the body is where that starts. I was, I was studying today, and God gave me a, a sentence. He said, one, the, one of the most, or the most ineffective and unproductive things in this world is a hurt Christian. A hurt, offended Christian is one of the most ineffective and unproductive things in this world today. Because why? Because they can't minister the good of God because they're hurt. They're offended. And if you think about it, most of them got offended in the church. In the church, they got offended by something. Whether whether they let the devil lie to them, whether somebody said something, whether something happened, it doesn't matter. That's where they got offended, which isn't okay. And you know, a lot of people would say, "Well, maybe they just need to get tougher. Maybe we just need to get softer." Huh? Maybe we just need to get softer. Maybe we need to walk in love in such a way that we recognize these things. That we see it when it happens and we correct it. Or better yet, we don't say something without the direction of the Lord. Amen? Look look at Philemon 6. It says, and he's praying, he says, I pray that the communication of your faith may become effectual by you telling everybody what you know. Right? But isn't that so many times how people communicate their faith? And you know when you do that, especially to a younger Christian or somebody that's not been around the faith movement at all, that they don't understand a word you just said and many times walk away confused because they've heard other things. And we have to have a realization 
that they've heard other things. And also, we've got this thing that people call common sense Christianity, which doesn't believe in faith. Faith is a, you know, if you don't have common sense, you don't, you can't just believe for anything. You know, so they call it common sense Christianity. Well, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how they even believe in God at that point because they can't see. So that's not very common or sense. Amen? And, and so the, these are the things, but, but what we need to watch in, the bo- in our body, in, in the body of Christ, is that we communicate our faith and it become effective by telling people how good God is. Amen. The good things that are in us because of Christ. Not, not because of how we believed, not because of how great our faith is, but because of how great our God is. Amen? Amen? The reason big mountains can move is because we have a really big God. Right? And you have faith in the big God, not big faith in God. Amen? The size, you know, we've gotten into the faith race, right? In other words, let me measure your faith. Your faith is the same as it starts out as a grain. Right? When I lifted weights and I first started, I couldn't lift what I got up to. I started out with light weights. Amen? But it was still heavy to me then. So we can't be pushing where you are off on somebody else. Amen? It's no different than trying to push yourself to be somewhere you're not. What, what if, what if when Kim got diagnosed with breast cancer and we went to the Moors and they just said, you know, they, without thinking, and they don't do this, by the way, but without thought, they just say, well, the Bible says by faith you can believe and you can be healed. You just need to believe. Right? Which sounds great, right? But if you didn't get that from God, you just told them something that you hope they can do. But you don't know that. You don't know that. You can encourage their faith. We, we can encourage one another's faith. But we can't be one another's faith. We can't decide where one another are. And we can't push somebody to a place they're not. Amen? There's enough spiritual pride in the body today that you, we've got enough people, and I've done it in my lifetime. I'm in faith. Are you? Just, just saying you are in faith does not make you in faith. That does not put you in faith. If you were in faith, you probably wouldn't need to say, I'm in faith. Right? Why? Because you're in faith. Why do you need to say it? That's like if you're green, you don't need to tell people you're green, you're green. Amen? That's good. These are things that not only do we need to know inside of us, but we, know we need to know when to communicate them and how to communicate them. Not just communicate them. Because he said, I want it to be effectual. I want it to have effectiveness. I want it to do something. I don't just want you to say it, so I want you to say it this way. You acknowledge every good thing which is in you by Christ. That's a, you know what? How big your faith is, is not acknowledging every good thing that's in you by Christ. Right? You could acknowledge that He healed you. You could acknowledge that He saved you. You could acknowledge that He's good to you, that He prospers you. You could acknowledge these things. You can acknowledge a lot of things. But when you start saying, I got this, I did this. I remember when we first started teaching Bible studies and come back and 
And, you know, I thought I was a teacher. And, you know, I was, but I had a long way to go. And um, we had some friends in a Bible study with us, and they were trying to have kids. And it wasn't working for them. And literally, because of my youngness in the faith, I tried to push them to a place that they were not and to be in a faith they couldn't get to. Because they hadn't even lifted 100 pounds yet. Why am I throwing 400 pounds on the bar right now? And it doesn't matter if I say, oh, you can do it. You can do it. They still can't do it. Why? They don't have the muscle to do it. They don't have the frame. They don't have the experience. They can't just do it. And and it saddens me to this day sometimes when I think about it, and at times we've gotten to talk to them again, but it drove them away, not from God completely, but from that relationship with Him. Because they don't believe that exists because it didn't work in their mind. Now, ultimately people have to take their own responsibility for what they believe or don't believe. But me, as a Christian... I need to think about and be more thoughtful and aware of what I say to who, to whom. Because, you know, going back to the Moors, they didn't just come at us and say that. Right? They went and prayed. You know, Mrs. Moore told me years ago, I said, because I, I, I was calling everybody that called, and she said, what do you got to say to him?" I said, well, you know, I don't know. I'll know when I call. And she goes, no. Unless God gives you something to say, you have nothing that will help them. Don't just call them. Why? Because you might say some of the greatest things you ever thought. You might give them 15 scriptures, but it's not what you know, it's not what I know, it's what we can receive at the moment. Right? And, and you're not going through what they're going through right now. When, when, we're going, when somebody's going through something, then we need to be sensitive to maybe a little bit how they feel. People say, well, no, can't we just tell them they need to toughen up, get in faith. You know what? That's probably chased more people away from faith than ever drew in. Because faith works by love. And if we'll start with the love to get them to the faith, then they'll get something that works. Amen? you got to know God before you'll know all, his, all, all you've got in Him. Remember, the first step to salvation is receiving Jesus Christ as Lord. It's not speaking under the mountain. It's speaking up to the hill. It's speaking to God. It's saying, I need you. I need a Savior. I'm messed up. I need something greater than me. Amen? And we, then we grow. We grow in, 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 the, in the goodness of God. We grow in the love of God. We grow in the things of faith. We hear the Word of God preached from the pulpit from Brother Moore. We hear it expounded on and, and we gain understanding and, and we get revelation. We don't get it from Brother Moore. We get it from God. So any revelation of faith that you're going to get, God's going to give it to you. You're not going to get it from me. He may give me a revelation for you to receive. But I'm just going to be the tool that speaks it. Yeah. And, and for us to go to just go and, and say things off the cuff 
Um, you know where it says, what is it in, in James where it says, slow to, slow to speak, or quick to hear, I'm sorry, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to get angry. You know what? Sometimes just listening to somebody, just listening to them, you know, and they say, yeah, but they're just talking unbelief and just talking unbelief. And, and I'm sitting there, you know what? You can turn the conversation without offending them. God would show you how to. But you got to start with that compassion. You have to start with that fellow feeling. I like that word. It's in the Young's Literal. It says fellow feeling. In other words, I'm just like you. I'm not above you. I'm not below you. I have the same ability as you. And through Christ, we have the same ability beyond us. Amen? But, 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 I, but, I, but I get my attachment to them through love, through compassion. I don't get it through faith. I start with love, and I get into their life, and, and I listen to them, and I don't just answer. I don't just answer. I wait until the communica- communication of my faith can be effective. So that they can hear that God was not only good to me, but He's the same God that will be good to you. It's bigger than me. It's we. And, and in the body of Christ, we got people that don't come to church here or anywhere else because they got offended in church. Because, because they had a bad day and instead of somebody just loving on them, somebody told them what they ought to do. Right? Or where they ought to be. Amen? That's, that's, you can't do that. You don't know what, who they ought to be or what they ought to do. You don't know that. Yeah. It says examine yourself. It doesn't say examine the body and see if they be in the faith. It says examine yourself and see if you be in faith. You don't have the ability to examine somebody else. If God showed you they were in faith like He, like he did Paul to the boy when he looked back and he said, He's got faith to be healed. Amen? Paul didn't give him the faith. The Word gave him the faith. He was listening to the preaching. But what if the minute Paul would have walked in, he said, if you had faith, you could be healed. Unless that was exactly from God and exactly how God said it, it would would have not communicated effectively at all. In fact, it would have made him feel bad. Why? Because he'd say, I guess I don't have very much faith because I'm not healed. Right? I mean, anybody ever told you something that you're like, wow, yeah, that sounds right, but this is where I'm at. Well, that's the devil. Why? Because the devil knows that hurt Christians are unproductive and ineffective. So what's he want? He wants a whole church full of hurt Christians. Hurt, offended, holding a grudge, whatever he can do to get people away from the body, out by themselves, or even better yet, leave them in the body to let that bitterness go all over the place. Amen? You know what you never want to do? Agree with bitterness. Just because you're having fellow feelings doesn't mean you grasp hold of what they're thinking. Amen? You try to find a way to get them on a different direction. Our part is to direct people to, you know, you're here to encourage the body of Christ. I'm here to encourage you. You're here to encourage me. If we have a bad day, we should never have a day where somebody doesn't encourage us. Amen? People say, well, maybe you just shouldn't have a bad day. Well, that's great. 
Well, who's that going to help? Anybody in here ever had a bad day? I'm going to raise my hand because I've had some. It was my own choice, don't get me wrong. But I'm thankful that somebody stopped and said, Hey, your name's written in the Lamb's Pick Life. You're on your way to heaven. If the worst of the worst happened today and you left this earth, you'd be standing in the presence of the Almighty God. Huh? And besides that, He bought and paid for your salvation. Your healing's bought and paid for too. And people just start talking. And you don't need somebody to tell you, you just had faith you wouldn't be having a day like this in the first place. What is wrong with you? You've been going to Faith Life Church for 20 years and you still hadn't gotten it? No, none of us have. We've gotten some, but there's lots more. Amen? And and it'd be nice to see not only us get it, but all those that have been here. All those that walked away. All those that are out there hurting. Right? And maybe it's nothing you said. Maybe it's nothing I said. Maybe there is nothing that could have been done. Eventually, we don't have the choice on what somebody thinks or believes. But as much as possible... As much as it's possible, live at peace. In other words, if you find a situation where there's lacking peace, bring some. Bring some. It's kind of like if if you're in a fight and the other person's not fighting, it's not a fight. Right? It's a beatdown if you keep going. Right? But, uh, you know, I was still people, if somebody's arguing with them, I said, don't argue. Why? Because the Bible says don't argue. It says don't quarrel. Don't argue. Why? Because it genders strife. In here, this is a no-strife area. So if we get into strife, we're already being disobedient and thoughtless. We want to be thoughtful. We want to be quick to hear. What's he saying? Not only hear what you got to say, but hear from God on what would help you. I want to be quick to hear from God on what would help you. I don't want to be quick to say what I know. I want to be quick to say what you can hear. Amen? Amen. Or I want to be slow to say what you can hear because we don't want to be quick to say. We want to be slow to speak. And we want to be really slow to become angry. Amen? In fact, in these situations, if you become angry, it should be with the devil for harassing your brother. Not your brother for being harassed. Well, I just can't believe you're letting the devil harass you like that. <laughs> if you give him two seconds, he'll try you next. He is persistent and he ain't quitting until he gets locked up and chained down in the bottomless pit. That's when he's going to quit. And they're going to let him loose for a thousand years and he's going to do it again. He's a fool. But who's more of a fool, him or the ones listening to him and allowing him to direct their life and what they think and what they say? But we don't want to be used in the body of Christ to perpetuate that. In other words, we want to be the one and we want to be the body that stops that. Right? We, we want to be the ones that, that make that stop. In other words, it doesn't keep going. It goes away. When somebody's hurting, we have the love of God in us. We start with love and we work towards faith. 
Amen? Because faith ain't working until love's in place. Right? Faith goes right through love to get to the situation and fix it. Amen? And when we do that, then we'll find ourselves in a place where we're no longer causing people to stumble with the Word of God. People say, how can you cause somebody to stumble? If they can't hear it or understand it, it's going to confuse them. If they're not ready to receive it, it's going to offend them. How many people did Jesus offend in in being the Word of God? Many people were offended by Jesus. In fact, is at one time he had this big crew following him. He gave them some more word about eat my flesh and drink my blood, and he lost them all in one day. You talk about a Gideon's revival. I mean, he lessened the troops just like that. It went from hundreds and thousands to 12. Just like that. Was he trying to offend them? No. He was trying to speak the truth. Did he want them offended? No. Did he want them not to follow him anymore? No. And that's not what we want either. But we, we want to say what they can hear. We want to, we want to minister what they, can, what, what they can receive. Amen? And he even said to them, he said, if you could receive it. He, he asked me, he said, if you could receive this. What? He's saying, if you could receive this, it'd change your life. And they refused to receive it. Amen? And he wasn't saying it mean. He wasn't saying, if you don't eat my flesh, drink my blood, if you can't hear this, people, just get out of the church. Go on. No. That was not what he was doing. How many know Jesus knew exactly what to say, and not only what to say, how to say it? With with what emotion to put with it? He never flew off the handle. If there was emotion in it, it it was the exact amount required. Our emotions are in us for a reason. God's just like us. But our emotions are not put in us to drive us. They're put in us for us to drive. Amen? If we use them the way that God intended for them to work, they would always work. But we usually use them off the feelings on our sleeves. I can't believe they said that to me. I've been going to this church for 20 years. (sighs) They don't know. They just don't know how bad they've hurt me. We've we got to quit wearing our feelings on our sleeves, but we also want to be the ones that don't take advantage of the f- one with the feelings on their sleeves. Amen? Tough love is only good when God says give them some tough love. There is a time that you say, you know what to do, I've told you, now do it. And a lot of people say that's tough love. No, because they never quit loving us. Nothing tough about that. Amen? Why? What's he saying? You need to get to where you want to be, not where I want you to be. Amen? When we're trying to get somebody to where we want them to be, and they're here, you're not just, you can't just say, well, get there. They've got to start with 100 pounds and begin working out. I remember when we were talking to these people that were trying to have a baby, we had just believed God for Ramsey, which who we adopted. But that made us faith giants, don't you know? That's what we thought. That's what we thought. We're, man, we, we believe God, and we got a daughter. He did it just the way we thought. He did this, and he did that. And look what we did. 
We did nothing. And the further I went, the, the further I went, I, I, I saw that little mustard grain of faith wrapped in the big fat mercy of God with a big <laughs> icing of grace. Right? My part was so minute. What was I doing taking credit and leading somebody else astray trying to tell them where they ought to be? In the church today, we don't want to tell people where they ought to be. We want to get them where they need to be. We want to help them. We want to encourage their faith. We, we, want, to, we want to be there for them. We want, we want to, we, if they just need a hug, if that's all we can get to them that day is some love. If all I can get to you today is some love, then I'm going to get you some love. And then the next time we talk, I'm going to get you something else. You know, when uh, the COVID was going pretty strong, and we, had, we did have several people in the church that got it. Several people. And you know what we did? Every day, we tried to contact them. Every day. Not to tell them, well, I don't know why you got COVID. You should have had faith enough not to get it. You want to know a good way to get COVID? Start talking like that. Your wall of protection? <laughs> no. We sent them scriptures. We called them. We checked on them. We, we didn't sympathize in a, in a way that says, oh, you poor baby. We sympathized in a way that said, we know you're feeling bad, but God's good. We, we know He's here to help you. We know He's given you strength. You're still here today because He's given you strength. And, and you know what? So many people pulled through. And that was, that was the stuff that a lot of people weren't pulling through. And so many came through. Glory to God. In fact, is a majority came through. And I'm thankful. But I'm also thankful that the ones, the few that didn't, are in heaven. Amen? Glory to God. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's a good story. Thank you, Lord. Romans 14. People are where they are. They're not where, you, where we want them to be. Amen? The, which is true. If people are where they are, they're not always where they want to be. I would have liked to thought when me and Kim were going through that when she was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer that we'd have been to that place where, all right, God, heal her. We know she's healed. We're just going to sit still and believe it. But we were at the place to ask our elders what they thought. And our elders were at the place to say, let us pray and come back. And the minute we heard what they said, it, why? Because it was from God. So the minute we heard it, we knew exactly what to do. They didn't tell us what to do. They gave us the word they got. And then we knew in our heart by faith what to do. Glory to God. And that's wisdom because that is, that's, that's bringing people to a place they can receive, which is what we're trying to do. We're not telling them why they're not receiving. We're bringing them to a place where they can receive. Did you know that telling somebody why they're not receiving will never help them receive? The number one question that I get from people all the time is, I don't know what I'm not doing. What else do I need to do? That's not the question. You don't need to do anything else. Jesus did it all. There's nothing else to do. Amen? So now it is, what can you believe? 
And, and you know, sometimes we as faith people, Christians, we're stubborn. And stubborn is not faith. Just because you want to believe you believe does not mean you're believing. And sometimes it's just totally pride that you won't go a different direction. People say, Brother Dave, don't sit there and tell me I'm not in faith. I just told you, you're not in faith, you're in pride. If you're in faith, you don't have to tell me you're in faith, you're already healed. Everybody that ever believed for healing is healed. That's it. You know, my mom, one of my faith heroes, one of my faith heroes, died at 67, went to heaven of cancer. And I would have thought when she got diagnosed, straight, you know, she'll be healed. Why? Why was I thinking? Well, it's mom. Look, look at all she's done. It's not all she's done. It's what Jesus did. That's no different than you might as well not get saved and see if you'll be good enough to get in heaven someday. If you've got to be good enough to get healed, you're going to have to be good enough to get in heaven. None of us are going to be good enough. We're never going to be worthy enough. Jesus made us worthy. Amen? Amen? And these things that we put out there sometimes without thought are are stumbling blocks. They're, They're occasions to fall. And we don't want to, in this body, make an occasion for someone to fall. Amen? Romans 14, 13 says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Now, you know, more people stumble on flat ground than ever stumbled at a big log sticking up out of the ground. You know why? Because you can see the big log sticking out of the ground. How many people have tripped on the lip of a sidewalk? Right? Because the lip was this tall and you weren't looking. Well, the devil is not stupid. He's not going to put a big sign in front of you. This is to offend you. This is to make you stumble. This is to make you fall. He's going to put a little bitty crack in the sidewalk. And you're going to be falling. He's going to have one of your brothers or sisters just not say hi to you right that day. Right? I signed up for that team months ago. Why haven't they called me? That's a stumbling block. Do you know other stumbling blocks? If you had enough faith, you'd be healed. That's a stumbling block. Right? First of all, it's not true. It says if you had enough faith in God, you'd be healed. Right? The, the verse doesn't say have faith in faith. It doesn't say have faith in your faith. It doesn't say believe in how much you believe. It says have faith in God. Yeah. And if you have faith in God, then you'll say unto the mountain. Why? Because you have faith in God. Not because you have faith, because you have faith in God. Why? Because he's the one moving the mountain, not you. Right? So your faith is in the mountain moving God that you serve, and he said if you'll say unto the mountain with faith in God, then the mountain will be removed and cast into the sea. Amen? Amen. But never lose have faith in God. It's a stumbling block when we tell somebody where they ought to be. Right? Well, you shouldn't be offended because they didn't call you. That's not going to help them. Right? 
How about, let's check and see on that. Right? You know, Susan and Kevin, they work on that all the time. Let's check with them tomorrow. You know, there's a lot of things we could say. Well, that's just natural. Couldn't we give them something spiritual? They didn't need anything spiritual. They're wondering why they're not on a team. Oh, thou let me prayest and find out why thou hast not been put upon a team. I'll get back with you in two weeks with my word from God. They just want to know why they're on a team. <laughs> we're, we, we, sometimes, did you know that a, a robot can't love you? When we get so legalistic with the things of God, we become robotic. And we no longer operate in love. We operate in legalism. And we say, well, you just got to do this. You just got to do this. If you just do this, 2 plus 2 is 4. 5 plus 5 is 10. And if you'll just do that, it'll always come out. No, it won't. Because none of that worked through love. It worked through legalism. Amen? God's not legal. He's level. Amen? You know, because if He were legal, nobody that just got saved would be healed. Right? Because you just, you know, you, you got to do this, this, and this to get healed. You can't just come get saved and get healed. How many, how many know people that got saved and healed almost in the same week? Why? They're little bitty kids. They just received just like that. They hadn't had enough people tell them that they didn't do everything. Right? They didn't have, they didn't have somebody tell them you can't ride your bike on the fence post while you're riding your bike on the fence post. That's great. But the minute they tell them you can't ride your bike on the fence post, all of a sudden you can't. Why? Because, well, somebody very spiritual told me you can't do that. Legalisms keep us back from the best things God has and cause us to cause others to stumble when we walk in those. Amen? When you find out what God has to say, then you can give them something that they can have faith in. But until you find out what God has to say, they say, well, all you need is a scripture. No, you need to know that that scripture applies to what they're going through at this time and, 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 and it'll confirm in their heart, not yours. Well, God confirmed to me that you're going to get... No, God will confirm to them. And it's up to them to believe. Even if I gave them something that was from God, it's still up to them to believe it. Not up to me to believe it for them. Remember Moses, when they, when they were fighting the Amalekites, and he'd raised his arms. And when he raised his arms, they win. But his arms were getting tired. Why didn't he say, hey, Aaron, step in here? It was Moses' faith. Moses' faith. Moses was the one standing in the gap. He said, he, what they do? They held his arms up. Why? Because it's him that's to be here. Amen? Not Aaron, not her. They were just there to help his faith. Amen? They kept his hands up while Joshua won the, won the battle. Amen? It, it, I can't step in and say, here, let me take over for you. Why? Because you're the one going through it. You're, you're the one that's going through this, not me. 
What I got to do is encourage that faith you got. And when I see the devil trying to discourage you and take it away and, and pull you back or get you offended or, or see something you didn't like or, or be some, hear something you didn't want to hear, if I see that, then I got to say, oh, no. No, stop. It's the devil. He's trying, he's trying to confuse you. He's trying to get you off. God loves you. God has a plan for this. Stop. Don't, don't let this happen. Help people see because what they're doing, they're blinded. They don't see the little ledge in the concrete. They don't see the they don't see the the unevenness of the ground. They don't see. They're confused by the enemy. And what you got to do is you say, "Oh no, look! It, it's it's a it's a lip in the concrete, and he's trying to get your toe caught on it." Amen. And that's what you're wanting to show them. Get them back in the faith that they have. Don't tell them what faith they should have. Get them back in the faith they do have. And then encourage that faith. Encourage that faith. Yes, we can build that faith. Absolutely. Work out with them. Call them every day. Right? Give them a a scripture. Give them something to encourage their faith. Their faith will grow. Just like your and my faith grew, just like my faith's got a lot of growing to do, I'm going to keep growing in my faith. Yes, we need to work out some on our own, but it's good to have a family, brothers and sisters, that are hooked with us, that, that are encouraging our faith. They're building us up. They're not telling us where we need to be. They're getting us to where we need to be. Amen? Glory to God. What if your, what if your school teacher on the first day came to you when you were in first grade and said, what's 98 times 3? You're in the first grade. And you say, I, I, I don't know. And he says, oh, you're too stupid. Get out. Sometimes that's how Christians feel around other Christians. Have you ever been talking to an IT person? You want to feel really stupid, talk to a person that knows a lot about IT. Right? Because I can't believe you can't do this. So all we got to do is this, this, and this. And when they left, you still don't understand what happened. That's what Christians feel like when you just start speaking faithese to them. Or faithian. Whatever you want to call it. Nothing wrong with the faith. But you got to communicate it effectively. you got to take it from a place of love and you got to get it to them in a way they can receive. If it takes a spoon and the choo-choo noise, give them the spoon and the choo-choo noise. Amen? Or in, in our case, I guess you go to the plane in the hangar, right, Mikey? Because we're a plane church. Might be a choo-choo church someday, who knows? Glory to God. Look at, look at Luke 6. He's helping us tonight. Whew. Luke 6, 45. It says... A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. The word good means benefit, beneficial. So a good man, out of the good stored up in his heart, will bring forth good. So if you need something or if you need encouragement, and I'm a good man, what am I going to give you? Something good. Why? Because a good man, out of the good treasure stored up in his heart, brings forth benefit. Amen? In other words, 
let's start storing things up in us. We're good men. We're good women. Let's start storing things up in us that will help. You know, we used to have a guy when we went to another church, and every winter he'd get his car, and he would pack it full of stuff that other people would need. And so anytime he went on the road, if it was snowing, or he was always prepared to help somebody else. He, his, his car was full of good things. Amen? And if you were on the road stranded, the man with the good things stopped and helped you. Right? He didn't tell you if you had enough faith, you wouldn't be in this position. No? He, he jumped their battery. He gave them water. He called, nine, he called the, the wrecker. He, he had blankets. He, he, he had it full of stuff. He had shovels. He had ice or snow or salt. He, he, whatever you would need to get out of bad weather, he had it in his car. And he drove around looking for people who didn't have it. Amen? But it's good things. And, and in our hearts, we store up this good thing. And, and if we speak before we think, the good won't come out. It'll be the stupid. Amen? How many still have flesh? Right? And sometimes you hear something, it, you just think, what in the world? And immediately your flesh wants to say something mean. <laughs> Guess what? It doesn't matter if you didn't mean to say it at that point. You just hurt somebody. Right? Because, because you just couldn't stop yourself from saying, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Why don't you just get away from that? If they could do that, they wouldn't be there in front of you talking to you. Right? I mean, so, you know, some people, well, they have that smart button. Well, sometimes we also have the stupid button. And we got to choose, smart or stupid. And we hit the stupid button way too often. Right? Because you won't talk to the car in front of you on the smart button. Right? Because that's where the wisdom of God and the good things come out. It's the stupid button that says, can't you drive any better than that? What, am I invisible? Did I pull out? You couldn't even see me? What's going on here today? Maybe you shouldn't have a license. I just let Dave right out of the box there for just a second, didn't I? Back in, Dave. We can't give stupid Dave a choice. Right? We gotta give smart Dave the, 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 the steering wheel and the button and, and let the, the wisdom of God and the goodness that's stored up in the good treasure of my heart, let it out. And then that compassion and that sympathy and that fellow feeling. You know, you look at him, you say, man, this has gotta hurt. We've not been where you've been, but we know it's still tough. But we know our God's tougher. And we start talking to Him. We start loving on Him. And we pull Him off the ledge. First place you got to get Him is off the ledge. Right? Because everybody that's got an emergency is on the ledge deciding whether to jump or whether to jump back in the window. And if you can get Him off the ledge, then you can start talking faith. But to get Him, you can't just walk up and say, if you had enough faith, you wouldn't even be on the ledge. What are you on the ledge for? What are you, stupid? You're going to fall. It's not going to help anybody. When they're on the ledge, you remind them. God loves them. He's got a plan for you, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, a plan to give you hope and a future. You've got a good God that's got good things going on, and He has got every intention of getting you there. 
So let's get off the ledge. Come on in. You got some people who love you here? We just want to love on you and try to help you. Amen? And, and, and you know, one thing Mrs. Moore told me when we first started the church, she said, Brother Hagen used to say this, if you can keep them coming, you can help them. You know who you can't help? People who don't keep coming. It's very hard to, I shouldn't say you can't, it's very hard to help people who won't keep coming. Why? Because they're offended. It's hard to help someone who's offended. Well, what's it say? It's in Proverbs, a contentious brother is like a big wall or a strong fortress. Yeah. In other words, hard to get to them. But if you can get to them before it builds into a big wall and a strong fortress, if you can get to them with some softness, right, some love, some some brotherly kindness, amen? Do you know that most brothers, and now the world today is different, but most families don't break apart over doctrine. If you do break apart over doctrine, you, gotta, you, you need to reconcile because that's not good. As long as your brothers and sisters are saved, quit worrying about what they believe. It's not your job. And all you've done is separate yourself from the blood and the love and the, and the family that's important. And worse than that, if they aren't saved and you separate yourself from them, now you can't even get a word in edgewise. Remember this, every day we preach a message. When you wake up as a Christian, you walk out the door and you are preaching. You're representing God. You're representing the church you go to. Amen? And you're representing yourself. What you say, what you do, is going to represent God. The first, per- first person that they're going to... And, you know, people always say, Well, Dave, why'd you go here? I don't, Or why don't you go here? Because I represent not only this church, I represent the Moors. Everywhere I go, there's Dave. He works for the Moors. So do I want to be somewhere that's going to misrepresent them or do I want to say something that's going to misrepresent their heart? I remember when I first started making calls to people when, the, when I first started working at the church and I'd call them up and Mrs. Moore would say, what would you say? I'd say this, this, and this. She goes, no, that's wrong. Call them and apologize. I'm like, it sounded so good. Did you pray? No, I just thought it sounded good. Did, did you pray? No, I just thought it sounded good. You know how many times I had to do that before I actually got it? It's sad. I'm not even going to tell you. <laughs> Lots. Lots. And you know what? Every now and then I still have to because why? Because you, you don't think you know the answer. You get the answer. Why? Thinking you know the answer is a curb in the sidewalk. And you're going to get somebody tripped up and they're going to get the wrong direction and they're going to say, I did what Brother Dave said and it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Because it wasn't what the Lord said. It was what Brother Dave said. You can't have faith in what Brother Dave said. You can have faith in what the Lord said through Brother Dave. Amen? That's what we had faith in with Kim. We didn't have faith in what Brother Moore said. We do have faith in the Moore. But our faith is in God working through them to help us. Amen? And, and in that faith, we, we grabbed hold because we knew immediately, yes, that's the Lord. We didn't say, yes, that's the Moors. We said, yes, that's the Lord. And we grabbed hold. She looks pretty well, right? God's good. 
He'll show you exactly what to do. And when he shows you what to do, you'll get through it. No problem. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Let's go one more place and then we'll go home. Where was I going to go, though? Galatians 6. Galatians 6, verse 1. It says, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault. A fault could be one of three things. It could be a willful transgression. In other words, you just decided to do it, and even if it was wrong, you're going to do it. Right? It could be an unintentional error, which is tripping on the curb. Right? An unintentional error. Or a slip. Right? So basically, two out of three of those, you didn't intend to do, but you did. Guess why? You got a people problem. You're a people We've all got a people problem. We're people, right? And so without our trust in God, without our reliance on his grace and his goodness, then we have a great ability to fail, right? Anybody do it by yourself? I did and failed lots. The fact is when I succeeded, it was a failure. My greatest successes were failures when I did it without God. Why? Because it only glorified me if I did succeed in anything, which I didn't succeed in much. Amen? But most of those things, they're willful transgressions, unintentional errors, a slip, a fall. And it says that you are spiritual. In other words, the church, the body, your faith buddies. It says restore. Restore such a one by telling them what they did wrong. Right? Right? Restore such a one by telling them they're stupid. Huh? Restore them. Get a grip, Aunt Nancy. You can do this. No. No. It says in meekness. With a spirit of meekness, restore such a one. That word restore means to repair and mend. In other words, not throw away. Not throw away. It's not okay when people don't come back. How many know somebody that you don't see anymore that you just miss because you love them? I know a lot of those people. And I'm still going to miss them and I'm still going to love them and I'm still going to believe God that I'll see him again someday. Right? Why? Because if they belonged once, they belong again. Amen? Amen? And, and we're a soft place to land. We want people to know that it's not hard to come back here. If you willfully transgressed, if you unintentionally messed up, if you made a slip or a fall, doesn't matter. Come back. Right. We're not even going to talk about it. That's, that's, we're not going to talk about it. We don't need, uh, come back. We need to talk about this. You know? No, we don't need to talk about it. Right? If, if the body hurts... If you stub your toe, you sit down and you, and you reach up and you grab your toe. Can I grab my toe? And you start rubbing it. And what? Now your hand's loving your toe. Your arm's helping your hand love your toe. Your shoulder's helping. Your other arm's helping you hold your leg up so you can rub your toe. And your, and your head's telling your whole body, let's not do that anymore. <laughs> Why? Because... because the body is designed to love itself. 
Our bodies are designed just like this church body is designed. We're designed to help one another, to, to make sure every part is able to do its job effectively. That if one's hurting, then we rub it, then we help it, then, then we take over a little bit for it. We, we keep its arms up while it's too tired to work. Amen? Amen? We don't throw it away. We don't, we don't say, well, they had not been here in five years. They ain't never coming back. No, they might. Maybe we'll see them and get to love on them somewhere else. This isn't a big town. It just looks big with all the cars in it. It's actually a really small town. It's like three miles from one end of the strip to the other. It's really not that big. We want to be the ones that eliminate, eliminate the occasional fall, right? We want to be the ones that don't precipitate the occasional fall. We don't want to get it started. We want to start watching our words. We want to start watching our thoughts. One of the scriptures, I think it was in Titus, and in Titus in the Titus in the uh, Young's Literal, um, it says, and I'll just read the whole thing real quick because it's really good. It says, Remind them to be subject to principalities and authority, to obey rule, to every good work to be ready, unto every good work to be ready. No, and of no one speak evil. How many people can you speak evil of? Now remember, evil doesn't mean you said something bad. It, you might have said something that you thought was good that they couldn't receive. Don't say it until you know it's God. You know? Learn, learn. There's a reason it says don't be quick to speak. Because you've got to be quick to hear first before you can speak. Slow to speak. Quick to hear. Quick to listen. What is he really saying? He's saying, I want you to be quick to sit down with somebody and listen. I don't want you to listen to what they're saying. I want you to listen to their heart. What they're saying and what's in their heart are two different things. You know, people say, well, you wouldn't believe what they said to me. I always tell people, I say, I don't care what they said because if I ever have a bad day, I want them to forgive me too. Right? If we have a bad day, we want to be forgiven, right? Anybody ever had a bad day? Right. Did you want to be forgiven after you had? When you knew it was wrong, you knew you were stupid all day long. Right? But yet, you refused to quit, and you needed some forgiveness. Willful transgression. Restore such a one. It says you were one. It says, where, do I, where is that at? Oh, uh, speak no evil. Do not quarrel. Be gentle. Does any of this sound like hard love? Sound like grabbing by the nap of the neck and say, hey, straighten up or else. Don't make me go to God with this. And God's saying, I wish you would go to me so I could actually help them. Right? Be gentle, showing all meekness to all men. How many men? All, not just the ones in your church. you got to be meek and humble with all men. In other words, never put yourself over somebody because you're saved. You were in the same position they were in before you received Jesus Christ as Lord. 
You, you could have been in hell just as quick as them if you had not heard the glorious gospel and, and received Jesus Christ. Amen? And it even tells you, why don't you do this? For we were once also thoughtless, disobedient, led astray, serving desires and pleasures manifold in malice and, in, and, and envy, living odious. I don't know what odious is, but it sounds awful. Right? Doesn't that sound odd? Do you want to be odious? If somebody came up to you and said, you're being really odious, you'd probably say, I'm going to quit because whatever that is, I don't want to be it. Right? Because that's awful. We thought King James said some hard stuff. Young's, he can, he can throw the words out there. Hating one another. And when the kindness and the love towards men of God our Savior did appear not by works that are in that are in righteousness that we did but according to his kindness he saved us if we remember these things if we'll just remember these things when you're in a situation remember that god loved you when you were acting just like them not just the world the people sitting in church that are offended he loved you when you came to church offended he loved you when you didn't like what somebody said he loved you he loved you And He loved you when you were just like the world. Amen? And He saved us. Through the bathing of regeneration, through the renewing of the Holy Spirit, He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been declared righteous by His grace, heirs heirs we may become according to the hope of life, age enduring, eternal life. Steadfast is the word, and concerning these things, I counsel thee to affirm fully that, that they may be thoughtful. What's he saying? He said, I want you to be thoughtful. Right? When you just speak off the top of your head, you're not being thoughtful. You didn't think about what you were going to say. You just spoke. Thoughtfulness takes a minute. What Thoughtfulness is an answer born out of love. Amen? It's not just an answer to get you... It's not like giving somebody $20 to get them off your doorstep. It's an answer given in love. In other words, you thought about it for a minute. You you listened listened to your heart, and out of the good treasure of your heart, you abundantly spoke. Whether it was with words, whether it was with action, you abundantly spoke. You preached. Amen? That you may be thought... That you may be thoughtful to the leading... To be leading in good works. So you'll be thoughtful to be leading in good works. Glory to God. Who have believed God. These are the good. And and these are good and profitable things to men. Who are they profitable to? Men. Not just the men that do them. The men that are around people that do them. Amen. We want to be in a place all the time. Where we're restoring, repairing, mending, fixing. um, Not allowing in other words, if we see something that's about to go bad, we fix it now. We don't, we don't wait and say, well, maybe it'll be okay. No, you jump in. You jump in. You say, God, what, what, what would I do? Just love. Diffuse the situation. Just do something that would bring it to a better place. Why? Because we are all God's children, and we have His very ability in us. How many know God can diffuse a situation just like that? 
When the love of God comes into something, when the peace and the joy of the Lord come and surround a situation, when, when, the, when the anointing hits, things get fixed. People's lives get repaired. Amen? Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord.